Hi, I'm Jessie Delo, your host of Madly Forever, a podcast in collaboration with The Fullest. Each episode, I'll help people move past their vision boards to create a life and relationship that they truly love. I, sometimes along with the help of my husband, Brian, will interview a variety of experts, psychologists, couples, and business partners to discover the science and secrets to successful compatibility. By pairing my expertise for manifestation with my background in therapeutic healing, I have manifested the life of my dreams. With this podcast, I aim to help others find their optimal alignment as well. I'm here, everybody, with Gabby Bernstein, the widely, widely, widely known manifestation expert and just all around spiritual teacher and inspiration to so many people across the entire world. Um, And funnily enough, I actually have known Gabby for so many years, even before she set out on any of this. And I was her intern at her PR business before she began her spiritual journey. So it's actually so cool. Forgive me, forgive me <laughs> for whatever I said then. Also, Jesse, I've known you since you were probably like three years old. That's a good point too. We, we go way, way back. Little, little, little. <laughs> we go way, way back. Yeah. That's so right. our dads worked together yes. and we both went to the same high school, grew up in the same town. So there's a lot of synergy there. And it's just so cool to see from where I'm sitting, what you have built and just the incredible power that you have to, to really like expand wherever you choose. It feels like, you know, to just really spread your word. Right back at you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm actually sitting here, you know, with your book by my side, I enjoyed it so much. I underlined so much of it. And if anyone who's listening doesn't know, Gabby just released a new book called Super Attractor. Um, and I'd just love to hear from you, like what inspired the book, just, you know, high level and um, just, yeah, where you're at right now and what's going on with you right now. When people ask me why I wrote this book or what inspired the book, my response is, because I wanted to feel good. I wrote this book because I wanted to feel good. Mm. The book is a, well, the subtitle says Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. And that's true. That's exactly what you'll get. But really, it's less about what you're going to attract and what you're going to get in your life. It's much more about feeling good. And I just actually posted this on my Instagram, so I wanted to read it to you. Let's find it. All right, let's see. Being a super attractor is living in the creative process of aligning with the energy of the universe to co-create an experience that elevates your spirit and the spirit of the world. Being a super attractor isn't about getting, it's about becoming. The more you let go, the more you become a match for what you desire. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I think it's so it's so freeing to so many people who are gripping on so tight. I think the idea of manifestation is a lot about, okay, I have to go write a million lists and I have to make this happen and I have to reach my goals. But what you teach is so much about just really allowing and trusting that whatever happens is in the best interest of not only you, but everyone around you. Um, And so it really kind of takes the pressure off and it takes the work element out of it or the effort element out of it. That's the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a really great, um, 
it's just a really great reminder to, to let go, to let go. And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, since becoming a mom, cause I know that was a big part of this, this whole book for you is, you know, your journey to motherhood and the struggle that you had to get there. And that sort of taught you so many lessons along the way. Um, just what, you know, it's like to actually now be a mom and how, you know, what challenges are coming up for you now that maybe you didn't expect, or even just like right now, not even a couple of weeks ago, but every stage of motherhood is so different, you know? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, right now, the only thing in front of me is a uh, 20 hour flight to uh, Australia with my son. Oh, seriously? <laughs> Yeah, we're heading to LA and then we're off to Sydney from there. So, Oh my God, so crazy. You were just in LA, then you fly back to... to I only went to LA for 24 hours. You were like, where are you? I just. <laughs> I was like, off. we could do this in person, but yeah, no, it's one second. I know. Yeah. And then, uh, well, I don't, I don't land. I just, just have a four hour layover in LA and then head off to Australia. Wow. Well, so yeah. That's wow. what's up for me is flying. I mean, <laughs> even just going to that, like, how do you manage that? Like just all the the travel and the energy output that is demanded of someone who is, you know, really reaching so many people. I have a really sophisticated team of very, very well-trained therapists and energy healers. And I have an EMDR therapist. I have mm -hmm. a regular, regular talk therapist. I have a, uh, energy healer who I work with, particularly when I come home from a trip or a talk or an airplane to get everybody else's energy off of me and then my own practice of clearing myself. So it's a devotional practice to stay energetically aligned when you are out in the world, but not just when you're out in the world. Also, when you're just, we're all out in the world, even if we're not physically out somewhere because we're feeling the energy of so many people these days, just through our, our iPhones. Totally. <laughs> feel everybody's imprint on you. So we got we to gotta do our part to clean house. That's why actually my next, next book I'm writing about is resilience and self-regulation and energetic regulation. I need a good title, Jesse, mm. in mind. <laughs> it needs to be a really uplifting title because the book's going to require a lot of us to, to, to really reparent ourselves in some ways. Mm -hmm. And but it needs to be like a really upbeat title. Yeah. But I love that you have a whole support system of of therapists and healers and all of that. And also that you've been so open about your struggles and your challenges and you don't by any means claim to have everything figured out, which I just think is so healthy of a portrayal of real life, you know, and. Yeah. Hmm? I was going to say that I'm in a lot better place now than I was four months postpartum because mm -hmm. but my I, I experienced postpartum depression as you've definitely heard I don't know if everyone listening has mm -hmm. so that postpartum experience was so debilitating that it brought me to my knees again with another life bottom but in the end it was a catalyst for so much more uh and it was a catalyst for this deep level of gratitude for mental health mm -hmm. for what it means to be feeling safe. And so when you said you have an EMDR therapist, has that been instrumental to you getting back on track? Oh yeah, probably some, some of the most powerful work I've done therapeutically is EMDR. I do it with my EMDR therapist. My other therapist is trained to do EMDR. It's something I return to frequently. I can, I, I can do it to myself. I don't recommend that, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I'm 
an EFT practitioner. I'd done that kind of work. So I feel safe enough to, to, to do my EMDR with myself as well. So if I'm having a moment where I'm kind of freaking out, I'll grab my buzzers. EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. What it does is it stimulates bilateral brain functioning, which allows, isn't actually like a real clear understanding of what's happening, but really it's unlocking the fight or flight response. So sometimes I'll just I do it with buzzers. So I give a buzz in either hand and I'll just sometimes grab That's the- really cool. That's so, I didn't know there was a buzzer aspect to it. You could do headphones. You could do eye movement. You could do buzzers. Anything that's going to stimulate the bilateral stimulation of the brain. So it's going to be a tap, 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 tap. You could tap on your shoulders. Yep. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people need that, just that support um, and ability to shift their thinking and shift the state that their body is is in so thank you for that yeah i'm gonna write a book about it i think i think everyone really needs that book for sure yeah i almost want the title to be like the book everyone needs to read (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, i think a lot of a lot of new moms um, i know i hear from a lot of new moms that really just feel so alone and just feel so isolated in their in their struggle. And I think hearing it from people like you, who, you know, you are, you have so many tools, but still not immune to it. Right. So it's like, Oh yeah. And I think it's, I think also some of it is, some of it is just being a mom and waking up one day and birthing a person. And then you're all of a sudden responsible to care for life. And that's just Mm -hmm. like mind blowing. But then there's the biochemical issues that are real real, real, real. Mm-hmm. A lot of people gloss over or or stigmatize or shame, particularly people in the wellness community can really be very shaming of, not of mental illness, but of the pathway to healing mental illness. Because when you're in a suicidal experience, you have to take action that may not be ashwagandha. Right. right. Totally. Yeah. And also it's like, there is brain chemistry involved, right? And yeah, there- when you have postpartum depression, it's not just because you're an anxious mom. It's because your brain chemistry has changed. It's because you are having a biochemical condition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so how did you, so obviously the therapy, the EMDR, possibly meds, possibly just lots of- Yeah, support. I went on Zoloft, which I'm very proud to share. Yeah. Uh, something that I was like terrified to admit mm-hmm. because of the, you know, because of the stigma and because of the, the wellness community. And then once I said it and I named it, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to save lives by sharing this. Because I've seen personally friends of mine in the wellness community that wouldn't get the proper diagnosis because of the shame or because of the, I can fix it with, you know, this herb or whatever. Right. But you have to understand, you know, from a spiritual perspective, an herb is the same as a, as an antidepressant because it's all just a special agent for helping your spirit come back into form because often what we do is when we when we have a per, our ego's perception of something we we have this story that that it's only this way that can serve me but when we recognize that god is within all medication god is within all humans that are communicating love in whatever form they are that that's when we can reframe our perspective of what we're taking or what we're using uh of course you have to also recognize that God is in the doctors. So you have to have faith that you're being guided to the right practitioners. 
look, it's not always the case. Sometimes you're misled. Sometimes things are prescribed unnecessarily. Sometimes things are over-prescribed. So we have to be really conscious of that too. But when you do feel like you've gotten the proper diagnosis and the right medical guidance, you have to then surrender and trust that there is spirit within that medication. Right. And I think that not resisting it because then it doesn't work and it doesn't feel good when you have this like feeling that it's not, you know, it's not going to help you. It's the wrong thing. You should be doing this. Then it's like a block for it. Yeah. That's how I was. I was like, I was like, you know, I'm going to take the lowest dose possible. And I was so terrified of doing it. And then once I started feeling better, I realized it saved my life. Were there any negative side effects? Not for me. No. It's because you really needed it. You really needed it too, probably. So it like really regulated. I really needed it. Yes. My serotonin was uh, lacking. Yeah. Well, good for you. And so how, what's going on in motherhood now? How are you balancing, you know, the book and the book tour and career and motherhood? How do you, you know, stay sane and happy within all of that? You know, I have a really good team of people that, have devoted their their mission, their energy, their in, their intention daily to be of service to people and have a lot of fun with me along the way. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to rely on a large team of people. I have I changed my title. My title was formerly CEO, and we were looking at the org chart, and I said, no, no, no. Zach is CEO. Jessica's COO. Lindsay CMO. I said, I am the untethered force of light. Mm-hmm. I love that. And taking the pressure off of you in that way also. Yeah. I mean, if, if I want, this is for any creative, when you get to a stage where things become bigger than you, then you have to make sure that you build a team around you that can support you so that you can continue to do, to be devotional to your art and your craft. Because I was at a stage where things were way bigger than me, but I was still holding on tightly. This is a few years ago that was going to take me down, not only because energetically I couldn't sustain it, but also because it was heartbreaking to be so wound up about whether an email was sending and not focused on the content of what I was going to offer up in my next blog or social media post or talk or book. Right. It's finding the best use of your energy and where to channel it. Yeah. And my mentor once said to me, find the highest and best. So what is your highest and best? And for me, my highest and best is writing and speaking mm. and mothering. Do you ever get nervous before speaking? No. You're like completely in your element. It's just like, were you, you were sort of, were, do I remember correctly that you were into drama growing up? and like I acting? went to theater school. Yeah, I went to Okay. Theater. Yeah. So it's like, that's in your nature to be on stage, to be commanding yeah, you know, the audience. Yes, it is. Something I've always been comfortable with, but always, but... The uh, thing I learned is that when I was in theater school, I had it all wrong. <laughs> I thought that, that I had to pretend to be something else when actually being any kind of performer, whether it's an actor or a motivational speaker, there's no difference. It's about finding yourself within that. Hmm. So particularly actors, you know, if you're going to be a good actor, you have to find yourself within that character. And as a speaker, the whole... The reason it works, the reason people are resonating with my work is because I have been authentically me. Right. Right. And it really (laughs) comes through. And do you have any sort of like routine or um, ritual that you do before a big speaking engagement that's that helps you? I know in your book, you talk a lot about your guides and about 
your, your, um, you know, your spiritual teachers that are with you at all times. And is there sort of something that you could instruct other people who have to, you know, show up in a really authentic, really brave way to spread their light and what they can do or what you do? Yeah. So yes, I can just get up and give a talk, but don't think for a second that I haven't put hours and hours and hours of committed devotional attention to that talk. I write it like a story. I write it like a book. Then I write it like a blog. Then I take it down to bullets. Then I put it on post-its on the wall. Then I repeat it a thousand times on a walk. Then I get it in my body. Then I meditate on it 500,000 times. And then I can be free. Then I'm the untethered force of light because it's my art. Like anyone's art, you wouldn't disrespect your art by not practicing, by not preparing. So being prepared allows me to not have any fear. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of preparation goes into it. It sounds like, so you probably have to limit how many engagements you sign up for because there's only so much of that that you can commit to. Right. Well, it depends on the season right now. I'm on a book tour, so I'm giving similar talks. Most of the places I go, although it can be adjusted. So if it's in front of a bunch of spirit junkies, I can give it the way I've been preparing it. But last week in LA, I gave a talk in front of a bunch of saleswomen, salespeople. So I kind of just adjusted it. I took some stories out that weren't relevant. I made more of the methods aligned with what they were there for, which was to be better at sales and do it in a conscious way. So, you know, I can adjust it depending on where I am, which I think is the real gift is to be able to 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 not give the same talk over and over again. And the thing that I have prided myself in is that it's not a book tour, then I, then it really is a different talk every time. Because on a book tour, you're out there and you're telling the stories from the book and you can nail your talk. And so for maybe six months, you're giving that same talk. For some people, it could be six years. For me, it's about six months. But then next time I give a talk talk, it's going to be a brand new topic. Right. Brand right, new and topic. you start from scratch and Start from scratch. Dive in. Re- redo it. Start over. Yes. Yeah. And so you have to have constant inspiration. It's like to put out the amount of, you know, talks and work and all of the things that you're putting out into the world. How do you keep inspired to say something new and fresh that you haven't said before and someone hasn't said before in, you know, life, life, I'm living life in my life. I I don't, the thing I joke about, I wrote seven books in eight years and people are like, how could you do that? Because I wrote about what I was living. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived life for eight years. So it gave me seven years of seven books of content. So I, I'm writing another book right now while I'm selling my eighth. Sorry, I'm writing my eighth book while I sell my ninth book. <laughs> that is really <laughs> unbelievable. It truly is. <laughs> but it's not, it's not because I'm like some workaholic anymore. I used to be, but not anymore. It's because there's just a lot coming through. It's exciting. For instance, I was just adding some word count to the first chapter of my new ish book that's going to come out next year. And it was like my, my editor. So I have an editor in-house on my team. So I'll write the book and then she'll go and give feedback one round of feedback. And then I'll go accept her feedback. And then she'll give another round of feedback and then I'll accept it. And then my husband will give his round of feedback and then I'll accept it. And mm-hmm. then we say, so, uh, actually there's more rounds than that, but quite a few rounds. But right now I just took Katie's first round of of suggestions and edits. And she's like, okay, add a story here. And I was like, oh, great. You know what? I have a story from last Saturday at the talk I gave in LA. Let me go and pull that one out of the Right. I mean, some of these stories from Super Attractor, 
it's like, you can't even believe they're real. They're so, right? It's like, you're like, really? Wow, that's crazy. It seems like the way that you describe the signs that come through these like very, very, you know, auspicious signs that show up when you need them. It's this, you know, super, super connected spirit that you have to something beyond. Have you always felt that way or... Do you always feel that way? Is this? Oh, um, yeah, I've always had that kind of, that spiritual connection. Although when I was in the Maranac and Larchmont with you, when we were growing up, I was overwhelmed by it because I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know how to connect. I didn't know how to channel it. So it can feel overwhelming to have spirit knocking at your door when you're 15 and having a panic attack or, you know, Mm -hmm. having an existential crisis. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of, you know, I think a lot of people who are sober are very highly sensitive, spiritually connected people. So I got sober 15, almost 15 years, 14 and a half years ago. And I was always kind kind of uncomfortable. Why did I become an addict? And I think that's one of the contributing factors is I just didn't know what to do with all this stimulus that had this, this, this spiritual connection that I didn't know how to channel properly. Mm. Now, yeah. do, do I come out of it? Do I in it? Listen, the more I meditate, the more connected I am, period. The times in my life when I'm meditating multiple times a day or sitting longer or letting myself really, really check out, you know, I'm building a, I'm building a garage on my property and I insisted with my husband and the architect that they build me a private space, a space that was going to be just for writing and, and meditating, mm. literally like a, like a room for meditating. A Zen den. A Zen den. <laughs> and here I am, I have like this, like, you know, 800,000 square foot office, you know, I have like this, I live in the country, so we have space. Yeah. I've got, you know, I've got this office that you'd be like, oh, isn't that a great enough space for you to meditate? Like, why are you a diva? Why do you need another like meditation space? <laughs> and it's because to really go in, I need to turn I need everything off. I can't hear my son crying downstairs. I can't have, you know, a, a, a voice in the hallway. I can't, I want, I mean, listen, we all have to show up for a meditation practice in whatever form we can. But if that means going into a closet, go into the closet. For a long time, I lived in New York City in, in a, you know, a small apartment. I would meditate in the bathtub because I couldn't get away from my husband. We had a loft, so like the ceilings were wide open, you know? So I would go yeah. meditate in the bath. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like meditation in the bath is, is perfection. <laughs> it's pretty lovely in there. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom growing up, my mom always meditated, and she'd put a sign on, on their door, like, don't come in. I'm meditating. Yep. Like, and I just knew yep. not to mess with her. Like, there was yep. no worse thing you could do than interrupt her when she was meditating. That's you right. Not bug. <laughs> That's right. But you have to create that boundary for yourself, like your private time. Yeah, and I think that as I've grown spiritually and psychically and everything that I've devoted my life to being and sharing, I have to see my meditation practices as not just this part of my life, but as the 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 main driving force of my life because if I want to continue to write books and be inspired and hear guidance and feel connected, I have to make that, I have to strengthen that muscle every day. Yeah. It sounds like you're really an intuitive, like you're able to channel from the stories that you told, you're able to channel wisdom from those that have passed or messages or, you know, is that something that scares you a little bit or surprises you? No, 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 it doesn't scare or surprise. I, 
think I've always had that. I've always had that connection. I think we all have that connection, but some of us have it more developed than others. Just like some people could sit down to a piano and just intuitively know what to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an instrument. I, but I do believe it can be developed in super attractor. I give lessons and practices for developing that spiritual connection and that, that intuitive, intuitive psychic ability. So we all have it. It's truly the more, you know, a girlfriend of mine has a really devotional Kundalini meditation practice. She's one of my best friends. She's massive. She's a super, super attractor. Shit just flies into her life daily. The guidance is unfathomable, but it's just because she's so tuned in. Hmm. It's no different than anybody else. Yeah. So it's about setting yourself up into alignment to receive. Mm-hmm. And you think everyone has the capability to receive. Mm-hmm. It's just about tuning in and quieting down and mm-hmm. allowing and trusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and reprogramming belief systems that block you. I talk about, I identify all the blocks at the top of super attractor. I just am like, here are all the ways you're blocking. And most of the, the biggest ways you're blocking. Here's how you can undo it. Now let's get on with our way. You know, let's keep going, but don't forget about the fact that we have to undo those patterns in order to feel different. Right. And I'm curious about, you know, your relationship, how, how you guys keep that, um, alive and sacred amongst all the energy output and all of the, and even just the role of being this spiritual teacher. And if you bring that into the relationship, I know in one part of your book, you mentioned that when you were trying to conceive, you guys meditated together and we're receiving some guidance that you shared, um, with him. And I thought that was so beautiful that you sort of brought him into that. Yeah. Well, my husband's the CEO of our business, so he definitely is walking the talk. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could. I mean, could he do this without that? Yeah, but he wouldn't care as much, right? It would be about it would be about growth. It wouldn't be about service. He consistently reminds our team. He's he runs a team of all women. Reminds the team of all women daily that this is a, our, our our company motto is help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. I love that. That's yeah, it's great. great. Being married to my partner, my business partner, listen, he came into my business six years ago. I'd been running it for almost a decade by myself. And I was, I was underwater. He saved my life. He saved our business. He saved, he saved me from, from falling apart. So it's, it's, it's exceptional to be able to have that kind of person co-creating this movement that we are behind. So working together has actually brought us closer. I don't know if that's a typical thing for couples. I wouldn't advise most couples to work together, but we do it really well, really well. Uh, he also is a spiritual person on a, on a personal growth path who's done a lot of work on himself and he continues to. And that's why I have incredible respect for him. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so working with you, working together doesn't, you know, doesn't hinder the relationship. It actually strengthens it for you. It has strengthened it for us a lot. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And then any, any tips just in general to keep the spark alive and to stay ignited in your relationship. And, you know, despite going through, you know, as we all do difficult chapters and waves, um, you know, how to stay connected and do your own work on yourself make sure both of you are working on yourselves. It's just, listen, your partner is going to be the person who's going to trigger you most Mm. because we find our match in what is our deepest wounds. 
so our wounds meet another person's wounds so that we can feel complete. That doesn't work. We have to continue to heal our own wounds so that we can find completion on our own and then enjoy and share that completion together. Mm, it's really interesting. And so do you feel that you guys have healed many of each other's wounds together? We've healed our own wounds through our own practices and uh-huh. then through our own, also through each other, yes. Awesome. And then so, okay, back to the first question I asked that then I totally went off key, but how is motherhood right now? How is it going right now? Great. Besides the plane flight ahead. (laughs) And by the way, I'm not going to complain about that. It's a very abundant thing to be able to fly to Australia with a child. So there's no complaining there. Totally. But it's definitely, it's definitely brave too. (laughs) Yeah. He's a runner. He runs. Um, It's so amazing. I'm obsessed with my son. He's super cool. He is my doppelganger. He looks exactly like me. Uh, So he looks like me and he's obsessed with my husband. Like madly, madly, madly love with my husband. But he's he's a rock star. He is a gift. He oh, he's just really cool. We're, we're applying for some for a Montessori school thing, and I'm on the phone with the woman. And I'm like, listen, my son is so cool. <laughs> You're like enough said. You don't even I'm need like, to. Know. I don't even think you need to beat him. He's just so cool. Well, Take my word like, for it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's really I, special. Yeah, so so wonderful, so wonderful, and so. You guys live no longer in the city, right? You're outside in the country. Do you commute back and forth or? We live in the city part-time, yeah. Part-time, part-time. That's awesome. Best of both worlds. It is. And how old is he now? How old is your son? 13 months. Oh my gosh. Wow. Time really flies. Mm Mm-hmm. Really flies. Wow. And so what are you manifesting now? What's going on with you now that you're calling it? Oh, I'm a new baby. I want to have another baby. Oh, amazing. And so you now going through the whole process again, are you feeling different than you did? Totally. I imagine. Much more confident. Yes. Much more confident. (laughs) And asking for, for signs from Archangel Gabriel. (laughs) I'm getting getting my lilies all over. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. And your birth was good and everything. I had an amazing birth. I did hypnobirthing. So it was so unbelievably amazing. When you do it again, make sure to hypnobirth. It's well, I don't know. I had a C-section the first time. It was the furthest thing you, you can, can have. You can have a hypnobirth with a C-section. Really? Yeah. It's not about how you deliver the baby. It's about the mental state you're in when you deliver. Them just it. guiding you through it. It's about you guiding yourself through visualization, meditation, uh, through mantra, through affirmation. So this is something you did yourself. Yeah. To have a fearless birth, which I absolutely had. I had a completely fearless birth. Oh, that's so amazing. Was it at home or in a hospital? My, it was like a hospital home. <laughs> so I was at a hospital in my little town and I was the only person delivering wow. tiny little hospitals. So I just joke around that it was my Beyonce birth because like, oh they God. shut down the hospital for me, but they didn't. I was just the only one there. <laughs> wow. That's uh, so amazing. It's kind of the opposite of my birth, but I, I love my birth so much. I wouldn't change it for the world. Not my birth, my daughter's birth. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's yours too. It's my birth you as really well. contributed to that. 100%, totally. Yes. Totally. Okay, so you're going to Australia. Is that for pleasure or for work? Or? Yeah, I've got a talk in Australia um, on uh, 2nd of February, 2-2. I will 2-2-2020. Wow, will, auspicious. Yeah. I will be there for two weeks though prior to that, just uh, with my family. 
hanging out, some friends. My best friend lives there. My first friend's family lives there. So she's been there for the last three months. So yeah, I'm going to really decompress, write. So nice. And it's good to be there now. I feel very on mission being there right now to not only do fundraising efforts through my event, but also to just be a a hopeful voice in the midst of a a very serious crisis. So I hope one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm sure they're very grateful you're coming to shine your light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then so the last question I have is about. I know that you have a program that's people that's coming up, that's opening up that you were briefly telling me about over email. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about it that people can sign up for. I think, is it in March or something or? The masterclass, the registration for the masterclass. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. The masterclass. That's actually coming up. We're going to open it in September, but we have a wait list. So you can put that in your show notes. It's, Uh it's really important what we're doing there. It's actually so spot on for, for you, for the folks that listen to you because it's for people that have a vision of bringing spiritual principles to the world, but need more confidence in stepping, not that you need that, but they may want more confidence in stepping into that foundational messaging, guidance on how to get the message out in an impactful way, grounding in the work so that they can feel very devoted and committed to the message they're there to share so that they can be a spiritual leader or teacher or guide in whatever form that comes, whether it's in their banking office or their yoga studio. So it's it's my train the trainer program, pretty much, where I get to tell people how I've been creating the career and life and devotional practice of being a spiritual teacher and what that means to me and how they can do the same. Oh, I love that. I can't wait for it. Yeah. And I- very cool for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the great thing because you've run it before in the past, or is this a different version? Because I've heard great things about the past one. Yeah, we do it every year. We used to do it live. The training is actually comprised of all the years of live live events advertised over an eight module course. So it's it's pretty fun that you get to be in the room with me, even though you're in your pajamas. So right. it's, yeah, it's, it really works. It really you still feel the energy of the room, which is awesome. Yeah, very much more convenient for sure. Much more convenient. Yes, and for you as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so, so grateful to have this conversation with you. And I hope to actually see you in person and meet your your adorable son. Gotta get our babies together. I know. We need to make that happen. Next time you're in LA, do you ever bring him with you or not so much? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think if the next time I have a long stretch in LA, he'll come. But if it's a 24 hour, I'm not going to do that. Together. Right. No, no, that's not good for anybody. No, no. <laughs> not good for anyone. Okay. No so red next, eyes for babies. Uh, I, we've made that mistake and it always ends in a lot of Amelie throw up. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> she just right. gets like, just so disoriented. It's yeah. never good. Yeah, yeah. So. We, yeah. we decided never to do that again, <laughs> unless we have to, unless right. we have to. Um, well, thank you so much. And thank you for being such an inspiration to us all. And, and specifically to me um, on what everything that you're doing and your ability to really put yourself out there and share from a heartfelt place. Right back at you, babe. I'm so proud of you. It's been so thank nice to you. watch you grow into this beautiful woman, mama, wife. Thank you. Yeah, thank leader. you. Yeah, you're fabulous. You are too. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. And yeah, it's cool. As I was reading your book, when you were saying like, 
you used to be in yoga studios at first and women's centers. Right. I remember that. Like I remember yeah. like that first thing. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really cool what she's doing. It was really kind of cutting edge and new this, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's really cool to see how it's so needed, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very needed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to see all the next level stuff that you come up with and you know, and to meet your next baby that you, (laughs) that you birthed (laughs) and yeah, just wishing you all the best. And thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. Thanks, Jess. And so is there anything that you want to share, you know, about your book or where people can, can get it or find it or everything's at gabbybernstein.com. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. It's kind of hard not to find you. (laughs) SEO is working for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, have the best evening.